Hello, everyone. Welcome to Teaching Matters. This program is produced in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. This podcast is a continuation of the special series covering a recent trip to Ecuador involving approximately 20 students and faculty from Ohio University. As explained in other podcasts in this special Ecuador series, the main purpose of our trip was to survey the rate of home infestation of a particular insect, the kissing bug, which transmits a parasitic infection called Chagas disease. Ohio University faculty and students did other projects in addition to the epidemiological studies related to the disease, however. In this podcast, I reflect on those other project experiences, particularly those related to the service learning projects performed by several students participating in the trip. Although the students also worked to hunt the bugs, they did a variety of other projects intended to help the other areas of the communities in which our field work was located. As noted in the podcast about the October 27 primary school, there is a strong ethical commitment by the project leaders to give back to the communities in tangible ways, while at the same time engaging in important scientific research. Students in the delegation worked on two primary service projects. The first was the painting of a small book house for the October 27 primary school. In the United States and in other countries, small houses, a bit larger than mailboxes, are starting to crop up in neighborhoods so that patrons can share books with one another. Such access to reading materials is important for, as reported by the nonprofit organization Little Free Library, children growing up in homes without books on average are three years behind those who have plentiful access to books in the home. The Ecuadorian villages served uh, that served as the location for our field work are located far enough away from the nearest town to make trips to the library impractical for most families, if not all, on a regular basis. Thus, the bookhouse, located at the primary school serving the villages, is a way to give greater access to reading materials for children. Mariah Modial, the a doctoral student majoring in interdisciplinary studies, and Lori Lammert described the bookhouse during this conversation. We uh, worked with the kids and had them paint um, or draw on this little library thing. And so that's a that's a library box, yes. right? Okay. It's a, that's what it's, it's a called. little library. Yes, it's yeah. a box that yeah. it's gonna hold books. Yeah. And um, <laughs> at first, the kids were very shy, um, so a few of us had them draw hands, um, and then they took it on and. They painted mostly things that we could say in Spanish. <laughs> Mariposa, butterfly. And then we had Google Translate, and so we were looking up words uh, to tell them to draw, uh, which would be easy. Yeah, I think my favorite one, this is, where is it? It's on the other side. Yeah, it's right here. It's a heart with an arrow through it, and uh-huh. it's broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was, and we were talking about it afterwards, and like, how would a six-year-old know yeah. that concept? <laughs> and why does he know that concept? <laughs> um, he went over it multiple times to get it just perfectly broken. <laughs> The bookhouse was constructed of sturdy plywood just prior to our arrival in Ecuador. The primary focus of the service learning project was to adorn the house with colorful images fitting for a primary school. Lori Lambert went on to describe the process of decorating the house in this way. Um, Yesterday we had the older students here draw pictures on this. 
And today we're going to have the younger students paint, um, but we're, we wanted to put some color on. So after the students left, we painted the house and we did it a little out of order. So we should have painted the base before having them draw. But so we painted and then outlined everything in permanent marker. Um, and this is going to go inside the school as well. I think it's going to be outside, actually, right outside. I'm not sure if it's going to be inside the yard or outside the yard, mm -hmm. outside the fence. Um, they're going to cover it in varnish, and then students can take books and return them. During this project, the Ohio students worked with students from the October 27 primary school to create the artwork on the house. An important element of this process was the chance for U.S. students to practice language skills with the children. In that sense, the primary students became the teachers for much older college-age students as they honed their ability to say colors, animal names, and other words using their still-developing Spanish language skills. Holly was working with several of the Ecuadorian students when she described several of the paintings on the house in this way. We have a lot of um, flowers, which are fleurs. Um, we have some hearts, which are corazones, I think. And then we have a lot of animals, various animals. So there's um, turtles, uh, cats, dogs, pigs. Um, and then we have a big scene on the back, which has mountains and a tree with the sun that they painted, which is really nice. Um, What's the coolest uh, object? in relation to the color that's been painted. We have a lot. <laughs> we have a blue sun. Purple tree. A purple tree, yeah. Um, we have some, um, we have a gray pig, which it's kind of normal, a purple bear. Those are. <laughs> a blue rat. A blue rat, yep. <laughs> a red sun, which might be true. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have more brown mountains, so maybe if they don't have a lot of not a lot of grass, so more dirt, but I don't know what the other side looks like. Maybe there's... I'll come back to the language issue in just a moment, but first, let's learn more about the second project undertaken by the U.S. students, shoveling manure. To be fair, they did a lot more than just that, but the second project involved helping with one of the farms that served the needs of the one of the villages. Now, there are no grocery stores in the villages, really, and logistically going to Karimanga, the nearest city, to shop is, is really a logistical challenge. Thus, those living in the villages must create their own, uh, their own food items uh, and, and really practice their own sustainability for basic sustenance needs. In this next clip, U.S. students describe some of the work that they did while on the farm. So they helped the uh, farmers sift the uh, manure so that they could then be applied to the previously sown dirt. And uh, they added water to it to make it a thicker uh, nutritional topsoil. Mm -hmm. uh, we cleaned out his garden so all the debris and dead plants were gone and then uh, we were going, our next step was to then plant the seeds, uh, put on the new layer of uh, soil, and then tear down his pre-existing homemade fence and put up a new, uh, better one. But we only got to the part where uh, we, we stopped before we planted, because uh, it took a little longer than we expected to, and the language barrier was there. So how did you overcome that? Like I had the same thing on my experience, but how did you uh, overcome that? Luckily, uh, we all kind of understand. Like a word. Uh, <laughs> a few words. Thankfully, I took a few years of uh, Spanish in high school, 
and one semester at community college. Buenas tardes. But it's, I don't know agriculture yeah. uh, in Spanish at all, like anything about agriculture. And I, I just kind of winged it as he, so I would, I'd ask him, you know, como uh, este, uh, you know, kind of like, like, like this as I'm moving dirt around, you know, is this, you know, is what he wants. And then I got really sunburnt, so then they did all the heavy lifting. <laughs> I think the main thing that helped is he would do like one task and then um, we would take over for him and he would start working on another thing. When you say so he is at the, the, yeah, the farm yeah, guy, yeah. the farmer. Um, yeah, so he would start doing one thing hey. and then we would do that while he did another thing and that really How did it go? So it took a while at first. Yeah. But, an essential element of successful service learning is reflexivity. In a dissertation conducted by Lindsay Bettis at the University of Northern Colorado, she noted that as students reflect on their service learning experiences, they shape and reshape their own identity. I certainly saw vestiges of such reflexivity among the U.S. students as they were engaging in service learning projects. For instance, one area in which I observed reflexivity was with second language learning. Students explicitly talked about how their language skills were not always effective in every situation, but how those challenges were actually overcome. In fact, in the earlier clip, Mitchell Cook, a student majoring in integrated media arts, actually talked about his work on the farming project specifically as it related to overcoming language barriers with the farmer. The long van ride that takes place as you go from the villages back to the city of Kariamunga provided an informal opportunity for students to continue this discussion about language skills. Holly, a biological sciences major, was, with, was talking with Roxanne, an Ohio University administrator, about how the students, quote, worked around the language barriers while on the farming project. I think it was effective because like, we could pick up on certain words, each of us, uh -huh. and then we could kind of get to what he was saying. Yep. Um, he really couldn't understand us, but like he would just start doing something and we would take over. Yep. And then he would move on to the next thing. So once we were finished, we would take over what he was doing and he would move on to the next thing. So okay, we got we got far. How big was the <laughs> garden? It was actually pretty big. It's a decent size. I think we got maybe uh, over 10 rows to plant things. So we're going to do, I think, tomatoes. Uh -huh. uh, I don't even remember everything that we have. They named about six vegetables. Okay. Yeah, and we have to go down to the school, to school, like right um, down the hill. And the next day, several of the students struck up a fun and informal conversation with one of our native Spanish language colleagues about the rolling of R's. I would have failed your class. I would have failed your class. She, she really emphasized it in the So I would practice. I didn't even practice. I've been able to roll my R since I was little. I don't get how you do it. Like, because you have to keep your tongue like that. My tongue doesn't move like that. You can. I mean. Near to your teeth. Yeah, I don't. See, behind. Tongue to vibrate. Like, vibrate. I don't know. I think I you put the strength in the in the tip of your tongue. And it's like the sound of the car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know how to practice. I just I've always known to do it. Oh, I feel in the sides. I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs>
Across those clips, students were reflexive on their learning challenges that was perhaps most proximate to their experience, their language skills. However, the students seemed to naturally move beyond that issue once they realized that there were other ways to communicate without perfectly shared language. Once they reflected on the fact that language barriers could be overcome, they began to reflect on other topics that were pertinent to their work. For instance, in this final clip, you will hear Faye, a communication studies major, reflecting on her objectives for establishing quicker rapport with the October 27 students as they worked on the book house. I feel like we need to interact with the kids, like try to talk to them more, because yesterday they were really shy, but they like warmed up to us after they got comfortable. So maybe just kind of like speed that process up and like talk to them more so that they get comfortable earlier. Because then they were having a lot of fun at the end, but at first they were nervous. I'm not really too concerned about the actual like project, more of just like the talking and interacting. And yeah, yeah, just painting. They're gonna do what they do, so. Such reflexivity is important. Faye recognized the importance of relationship building, which is directly relevant to our communication studies courses. Though the service project, through the service project, she was able to experience, if not embody, how to create rapport with a unique age group and a unique culture to accomplish an instrumental task. In reflecting on my own experiences, I had a similar trajectory as the students that I just talked about. At first, I was totally stuck on the language barrier, but once I mentally set that aside, I reflected on ways in which I could help my team partners who were searching for the bugs do their job. In short, I believe that reflexivity has the potential to help students create fluid narratives where focal points shift and evolve. In a subsequent podcast, we will speak with some of the students involved in the international experience to learn how their reflexivity translated into sense-making as they co-constructed narrative accounts of what they experienced. For now, it's exciting to see how even simple service learning projects like painting a bookhouse or working in a garden can provide students with opportunities to create rich understandings of their own journeys as learners. Thank you for listening to Teaching Matters. That'll do it for this podcast in the Ecuador series. Keep your eye out for other podcasts related to Ecuador. We still have a few more topics to discuss. And of course, we will have our regular rotating uh, series of topics on the podcast. So make sure you keep an eye out for new podcasts as they go up. You can always look for your podcasts of Teaching Matters at woub.org slash listen. And you can also find them obviously on popular podcasting apps such as Google Play, iTunes, and NPR One. And of course, if you have a chance to go on Facebook, make sure that you like and also follow the uh, Teaching Matters Podcast Facebook page. Simply search for Teaching Matters Podcast in Facebook, and then you can connect with us there if you have questions, comments, or ideas for future podcast topics. Our audio engineer is Adam Rich. I'm Scott Titsworth. Thank you for listening, and have a good day.